welcome to the Goalie Hacks podcast, the show dedicated to providing elite tips, hacks, and strategies to take your game to the next level, where we help you become an elite goaltender, one hack at a time. And now, here's your host, Mike Santaguida. All right. Bang, bang, everyone. Welcome back, and, and welcome to week 59 of the show and the Goalie Hacks podcast. I'm your host, Mike Santaguida, and uh, welcome to the new Goalie Hacks audio experience, and uh, I'm your host, as always, and, and really excited you know, to jump into this week's episode with uh, another active professional goaltender, Beck Warm. And Beck recently graduated from playing four, uh, plus four years of major junior in the WHL primarily uh, for the Tri-City Americans, playing over 150 major junior games. And as of recently, he's moved on to signing with the Carolina Hurricanes, sporting some amazing numbers in the AHL so far, uh, having played seven games this season, and is now up with the NHL's taxi squad, continuing to develop at the NHL level every single day. And we dive deep into Beck's journey to the NHL, uh, what helped him get there, and some advice for kids trying to make that jump to junior this spring. And we go deep in his personal routines, what he uses to find success and eliminate distractions on the ice, some of his best hacks, as well as the biggest adversity he's ever, he's ever been through and have to overcome. So uh, Beck is a really nice kid who's just, uh, you know, he's young guys experiencing tons of success at the next level. He's probably the youngest guest we've, we've had on so far, but uh, does not fail to disappoint. He was really, really candid with his answers and uh, tons of value in this one. So make sure to stick around all the way to the end of the episode to catch all the details thanks back for for making some time to come on man i know your schedule's busy uh and as an additional note the show upgrades have officially begun and me and my team will be implementing them all over the coming weeks uh giving the program a, a giant overhaul to make the goalie hacks audio experience even better and hopefully industry leading in the goalie space in terms of an audio product so uh this obviously comes at no additional costs of free of charge to you guys so enjoy the show upgrades uh, enjoy today's guests and i hope you all continue to grow uh and uh and love the goalie hacks audio experience so without further ado we have no ads this week so let's jump right into this week's conversation i know you're going to love the chat beck and i had today hello everyone and welcome back to the goalie hacks podcast and i'm super excited to be joined today by another active professional goaltender current nhl and ahl goaltender for the carolina hurricanes Beck Warm, and after growing up and spending his minor hockey days playing in the greater Vancouver area in British Columbia, uh, out in Western Canada, uh, winning goaltender of the year in 2015-16 during his uh, U18 midget year. Uh, he then moved on to play four years of major junior in the WHL for primarily the Tri-City Americans, being named uh, to the WHL second all-star team in 2018-19, as well as a short stint with the Edmonton Oil Kings before retiring from junior just last year. And he's recently this year signed with the Carolina Hurricanes, playing seven games for their AHL squad, posting a 2.32 goals against average and a 931 save percentage is now up with their taxi squad in the NHL. And I couldn't be happier to welcome him to the show to chat some goaltending development today. Beck, how you doing, man? Thanks for coming on the show, buddy. Yeah, I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah. Well, right on. Great, great to have you on. And, and was super excited to, to hear you be willing to come on. I know your schedule is, you know, busy as you're in the thick of the season with Carolina right now. So I appreciate you making some time, man. It means a lot to me. But um, I know everyone today will just enjoy the conversation as well. And, and, and just shout out to P. Fry, uh, the goalie mindset guy, you know, for helping me get back on. I know you guys work together, but I uh, hope you're doing well. seems like the season's going great for you. So so congrats so far on, on your success and your pro debut this year, given all the all the stoppages. But maybe just give us some insight into, you know, how the season's going for you and your team and uh, some of the challenges you've had to overcome due to COVID. Uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it's definitely been a wild year so far, um, just with COVID protocol and, and all that stuff. But uh, all in all, it's been going really well. Uh, got a pretty late start, obviously, starting in uh, February and uh, – mm-hmm. Yeah, I was kind of late to camp due to like visa issues, but um, right. yeah, I came here and um, yeah, everything's been going really well so far. Uh, pretty pretty smooth start to the pro career, I think. Um, yeah, and uh, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, no, so been, I'm super pumped. Like everything's everything's gone really well. Yeah, yeah. How has it been uh, being in the organization there and being with the NHL guys every day? Yeah, no, it's awesome. It's uh, it's a really good experience. Kind of just kind of preparing me for the next couple of years here. So. Um, yeah, no, it's uh, it's awesome, and all the guys are great. Um, just a just a really good group of guys in this organization. So yeah, I'm I'm grateful to be a part of it. Yeah, yeah, we're well, right on, and I wish you and your squad the best of luck as we 
uh, you know, close to rolling the playoff time here. So, uh, but maybe you can just start off, you know, by briefly sharing a bit of, of your story and your background and, you know, how, how we got to where we are today. Um, yeah, so I uh, started playing, uh, obviously, young and uh, grew up in Whistler, BC. So uh, pretty, pretty small hockey market there. Uh, just kind of one team per age group. Um, yeah. So it was me and my, me and my twin brother kind of going up there um, and just kind of starting there. And then in high school, we moved to Vancouver and uh, started playing Bantam there um, for Bernie Winter Club. Um, had a couple nice. good years there and then went on to the Major Midget League in BC. Uh, played two years there and then uh, I never never got drafted to the to the Western League out of Bantam so mm-hmm. um, got uh, a camp invite to Tri-City when I was uh, 15 um, and then they decided to sign me and played my first game that year um, and then didn't play my 16 year went back to midget and then 17 17 year was my first uh, full year in the dub and then yeah, I just kind of was there for for four years, and then got traded at the deadline to uh, Edmonton. So all in all, it was a it was a really good kind of junior and minor hockey career so far. Yeah, and and, and you mentioned that you kind of got overlooked in that WHL draft when you were you know when you were fifteen. Um, maybe you can just briefly talk about that a little bit, like some of the emotions you were feeling at the time uh, at first initially, like maybe going into it, what you thought versus what happened after, and then how you kind of dealt with that letdown because obviously things worked out great and you, you move forward but there's a lot of kids out there you know that um and, and I'm from Canada too I'm from Ontario right and and uh you know that's a lot of kids think hey if I don't get drafted then my career's over at that age which is which is totally wrong right so how did you kind of deal with that uh you know at the time oh uh, yeah like you said it it really doesn't doesn't matter um obviously it's something that every kid wants and it's for like the couple of years going up to the draft, it's everyone's kind of thinking about it. Everyone's talking about it and right. it's kind of a cool thing to have happen. But at the end of the day, as soon as that draft day is done, everyone's, everyone's basically still in the same position and right. yeah. um, no one's made the team yet. So it's uh, obviously I was super disappointed and I was kind of expecting to go and that's what I was hearing yeah. and that didn't happen. So it was definitely, definitely pretty disappointing. But uh, I remember someone coming up and telling me like, Hey, like, don't, uh, don't worry. Like you, like you don't need to give up, like just keep going. And it was, for me, it was like, well, giving up was never, never an option. Like right. that was the first thing I didn't, thought he even came into my head. So, yeah. um, yeah, I think, I think for me, it was just a, a mild setback, but I'm a big believer in everything happens for a reason. And, um, obviously it did. And I got to, I was fortunate enough to go to, to tri city where it was a great group of guys and I, and I got some opportunities. So, um, yeah, no, it's it's disappointing when it happens, but uh, everything happens for a reason, and it can uh, kind of propel your career forward just by making you work that much harder. Yeah, yeah, and I guess that's kind of what I was gonna dive into. Did you? You at first you were kind of upset about it, but then did it? Did it? Do you think that maybe that that was a little helpful in terms of you finding success? Like it made you play with a little bit of a, a chip on your shoulder afterwards. Yeah, no, for sure. It just kind of makes you realize at a young age, like nothing, nothing in life is just free. Like you got to work yeah. for it. You're not just going to be given, given every opportunity. If you want an opportunity, you got to work for it. And then as soon as you get it, you got to, you got to take advantage. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's, it's just a great life lesson, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, why don't we get right into your, you know, your personal goaltending philosophy? We, we typically do this with, uh, you know, with goalie coaches that come on, but I want to kind of take a different approach here to the conversation, get your personal input. Cause I think people will love it, but what are sort of your main three, four pillars, uh, you know, that you surround and, and build your game around and why do you think they're so important? Uh, first one's probably, uh, just my tracking. Um, I've worked a lot with, uh, Lyle Mass, like starting pretty young. Um, so just yeah. on kind of head trajectory and just track and all that stuff. So that was kind of a, a thing that that really helped me when I was young, just kind of see pucks and really learn that the puck, if you're in the right position, puck doesn't have anywhere to go. Um, and just kind of being patient on everything. Um, that, that was kind of all tied in there. So uh, definitely puck tracking would be one. Um, another one would be uh, just my skating and just making sure my feet are set at all times. Um, I'm going through the middle of the paint every time. Um, just kind of just staying on angles, just moving, only moving when I have to, um, just kind of not getting, not getting too far outside my posts ever. So I think mm. just skating, hitting my spots, being sharp like that, because as soon as your feet are set, you can, you can track it. So it's uh, kind of go one and two right there. Um, and then the third, like a third one would probably just be learning how to trust yourself. Um, like by the time you get to 
kind of junior in that age, you've, you've seen so many pucks and practices and games and goalie sessions, like your, your body knows what to do, you know, how to stop mm. the puck. So it's just kind of relying on your instincts and, and trusting yourself to make the, the might, the right, the right reads there. Um, so I think the big thing for me in the last kind of two or three years has just been learning to trust yourself out there. And that, that also ties into helping you relax and just really when you relax, you trust yourself. And I think that's, that's a big thing for me. Yeah. And, and maybe we can go a little deeper on just the, the trusting yourself. Cause obviously when you get to the next level, that's uh, the anxiety kind of comes in, right? Um, how do you, you know, how do you build that trust? How do you build that confidence in yourself? Is it just through, do you have like routines that you do? Is it through like, you know, like you have, Hey, if I do this preparation, it gives me confidence to trust in myself. Like, like how does that whole process look? How did you kind of develop that confidence? I guess is a good way to put it. Yeah, I think, like you said, it's just a lot of preparation. Um, I think preparation builds builds confidence the best. So if you mm. if you do everything that you that you can do, and you're kind of going into the game knowing that that everything that could have been done has been done, and now it's just go out there and play, then that's the best way to do it. If you go into the game and you're thinking in the back of your mind, like, Oh, like last night, I probably should have rolled out or last night I should have yeah. stretched or this morning, maybe I should have done a little visualization on something. Um, then you start second guessing yourself and you start kind of overworking and trying to make up for that thought that you just had. So, yeah. um, I think preparation is a big one and it's just repetition. I think, I just think the, the more you play, uh, the more you'll be able to trust yourself and, you know, you kind of start to understand your frame and, and most of the time, if you just, if you're in the right position, pucks, pucks could just hit you. So you don't need mm-hmm. to, don't need to do too much. Mm-hmm. And then you mentioned skating as well. And, you know, obviously that, uh, comes up quite a bit, as you can imagine, especially in this, this day and age skating is, is, a being a good skater as a goalie has, has definitely become non-negotiable. You even see it at the NHL level. They're just getting bigger guys that have that, that mobility that kind of the smaller guys have. Right. But um, you know, what kind of skating drills or routines do you do that you think, you know, help you excel in that field? Uh, usually I just do like before practice, I'll do the same sort of movement drills just to kind of get your feet going. But, uh, I think just kind of staying, staying on your edges. Well, what, 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 do you, what do you do? Tell us. Um, so I'll usually just do super simple. Um, I usually just start on my post and I do uh kind of the three pushes up top so yeah first push to the dot second one middle third one dot back to the post and i'll go back around this or down the other other way there yeah. and then i'll do the two so i'll go out to the dot to the other dot back to the post then the opposite way and then i'll just do one one to the middle one to the other post one to the middle one to the other post so i think that's kind of my um something i've just been doing kind of every practice at the start for couple years now um i find it's just a simple skating drill and it just kind of it lets you kind of feel how your edges are how your legs are Mm. feeling that day and kind of helps you work on bringing that backside leg and not not dragging anything um i think that's been big for me too is i think a lot of younger guys when they're kind of just first getting their their power and their pushes and stuff they'll they'll do a big long push and they'll leave that back leg out Mm. and when you push and you're able to kind of snap it back in uh, it helps you square up, makes you quicker, that kind of eliminates all delays. So I think that's something that's really big too. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I love that you said that. I actually, it was something I noticed on slides too. Like if you leave your back leg kind of trailing on a slide, you don't you don't come across as quickly. Obviously, you're not in great position, but from a from a speed standpoint, that was something I picked up. I think like later in my, my career was the quicker you bring that back leg in, the quicker you come across almost. No. Yeah, for sure. And it's, yeah, like you said, it's for slides, it's for kind of in tight pushes, it's for the long mm-hmm. kind of D to D passes at the blue line. Um, like as soon as you snap that back leg, you you square up quickly. And mm-hmm. as soon as you're square and your feet are set, you're you're ready to make a save. It's it's when you're you're not square, you're just kind of stopping and the puck's coming that you're going to mm-hmm. have to make a, make a save look tougher than it is. So yeah. I think a big thing is just making sure those feet are always set. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then finally you, you mentioned tracking and you, you said that was kind of a, you know, a big, a big component, but, but how did you kind of, how did your goalie coach articulate that to you? How did you develop that? And, and then, and then how do you think that that helped your performance specifically? Um, I think it was a lot of the time just it eliminates guessing. Like a lot of the time I think goalies mm-hmm. will 
get into a habit of trying to guess where the shooter's going when when half the time the shooter doesn't even know where he's going. So <laughs> you get into this weird game of like trying to guess, but he doesn't really know, and then you're, you're moving you're moving out of the way a lot. So right, right. over anticipating almost, right? Yeah. So I yeah. think it's just a big thing is just staying patient, staying over top of it, and for the the first kind of like kind of few split seconds as that puck's shot it's it's coming right at you and if you start kind of turning like if you know he's going blocker and he goes blocker and you turn prematurely to make that blocker save you're just you're kind of pushing away from it in a way so mm-hmm. if he's coming towards you and you're you're staying square like as it's like pretending it's going to be a chess save and it's coming towards you coming towards you and then it's right there in your blocker whereas if you know he's going blocker and you just turn right away it's kind of a guessing game to try and mm-hmm. hope it hits your blocker and you're you're out of the way a lot so a big thing that we we do is a lot of chess saves a lot of cradles and then once you get the cradles dialed in and then you start opening up the shots a little bit and then you treat everything like a cradle and then you're square square to it the whole time I think that's that's just so important is just staying square to the puck and being patient. Yeah, no, it's uh, it, it's it's interesting kind of how, how you articulate that. I mean, um, you know, uh, from a, from a tracking standpoint, do you with your hands? Do you project your hands off your body or do you keep them kind of tight to you? Uh, that's something I play around with a little bit. Yeah, um, if it's I've kind of been recently playing around with getting them out front a little bit more. Um, usually I play with them just in a comfortable spot, but right now I'm trying to keep them out front a little bit more just to um, make sure I'm kind of seeing the puck in tight. And um, I think when it's further out, it's all right to kind of have them not sit back, but have them in a comfortable position. But as soon as the, the shooter starts getting in real tight, like in practices and flow drills, when guys are coming out of the hash marks and just ripping it high, mm-hmm. if your your hands are out front, I think you, you cut down a lot of that angle from in tight. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then there was also something you said, we, we kind of touched on it, but it was, it was more about like, it's this over, this idea of over anticipation, right? Yeah. Um, it was something too, like when I even went pro at the, at the minor levels, you know, below the American league guys are, you know, it's almost like, you know, the game is moving faster. So you have to anticipate, but at the same time, you can't over anticipate because those guys, they just fool you so good with the release, right? At the you know, the American League level, the NHL level, it's like they, they pull in their body and it's going the other way, or it's always going the opposite way than what they're showing you, right? Yeah, no, exactly. They're always going to be tr- like, they, they try to be deceptive and they try to move one way. So you, you kind of bite and then they'll, yeah, like you said, push the other way. But yeah. I think the higher the level you go and the better the shooters are kind of the, the, the more like slowed down, you got to make it like, you got to be more patient, mm. more patient every single time, every time you mm. jump levels, because mm-hmm. the guys obviously get better and um, yeah, you just can't be anticipating. Like, obviously you're, you're still going to anticipate and you're still going to have to trust yourself, but for the yeah. most part, you got to kind of be patient and kind of get uncomfortable in a way. Yeah. 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 And I, and I mentioned how you grew up playing in, in the greater Vancouver area, but, but, um, what do you think is the most important skill, I guess, you know, that, that young kid should be developing at a young age, like while they're playing minor hockey, that will, that will translate well and help them transition better to the next level. Uh, pretty cliche, but I think, I think skating, I, I, it's something you hear growing up all the time is you yeah. always have to be the best skaters and something that you never really understand all that much until so you, do you think that statement's true now that you're older. Yeah, for sure. I think yeah. I think it's 100% true because as soon as he gets to those higher levels and guys start being able to, instead of just make one pass across shot, they'll throw it back, throw it up and then across mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So you got to be able to just hold your edges and, and make sure you can still get there on your feet because that's, that's a big thing, especially for goalies who aren't kind of 6'4", six, 6'5", six, is the, the longer you can stay on your feet, the more net you're going to cover. So I think I think that's massive. Yeah, and then and looking back to when you had your you know your major junior debut in in 2014-15 with the Tri City Americans as a a 15 year old, which is pretty insane. Uh, but what was the biggest surprise for you when you went to try and, and make that jump to tier uh, to to major junior for minor hockey? Uh just kind of how how well guys can finish, like mm-hmm. in in major midget and bantam and whatnot. Like you'll you'll think you're there, and then you'll you'll still make the save, but as soon as you make that jump to junior and major junior, like you'll kind of get there, like you're doing in Bantam and midget and then they'll still bury. So mm-hmm. it's like, you got to make sure that 
your your imposition for every single shot you can't just kind of think like oh like he might have a little bit but like he's probably not going to hit that shot like you have to assume <laughs> that he's going to be able to make that shot and you have yeah. to get your whole body over there and you got to cover everything because they'll they'll find a way once you get to those higher levels to to sneak it by yeah yeah and then after you you, you finally made the jump to major junior full-time in, in 2016 uh, but even given the experience you had going into the league, like what, what exactly was the hardest part about transitioning to junior hockey, uh, being able to compete at that level of, of play for you personally, like where'd you struggle the most when you first went in? Um, probably just the, like the amount of games and how oh, every yeah. single game needs to be taken seriously. Like when you're in major midget, it's like you're, I was on a pretty good team. So you play twice a week, just on the weekends. And most of the time, like unless you're playing a select kind of two, three teams, you're, you're going to have a pretty easy game. So mm. like you can kind of get ready for those games and then kind of go into it confidently. But when you're, when you make that jump to junior and in, in the dub, when you're playing 72 game season, mm. you're playing Tuesday, Friday, Saturday, Monday, Thursday, Saturday, like you're, you're playing three a week during wow. weekdays, all that stuff. So you just need to find a way to, to be ready for every single game. And I think that's something that took me a little bit to, to learn just because sometimes I think goalies get obviously super nervous before a game. So it's uh it's pretty exhausting sometimes game days because you're, you're stressed and you're mm. worried about doing all this stuff. And, but it's all right when you're younger, because you only have one game that week. Mm. Whereas once you make the jump, you got to do that three times in a week. So you got to figure out kind of a more efficient way to, to kind of make that happen and get yourself ready for puck drop. Yeah, I guess what's some advice that you have for, for kids looking to make that jump to, to major junior to be able to deal with that a little bit better? Uh, I think just find a routine that works for you. Um, I, mm. I kind of got into a, a bad habit of doing way too much. And then you, mm. on game day, you'd be more stressed out about getting your whole routine in and, and all that than the actual game because your, your routine is just so long and intense that mm -hmm. and it might work, but the quicker you find a way to kind of dumb it down to something that's a little bit more relaxed and yeah. less pressure. And you just do something that works and something that's easy and relaxing and gets you ready rather than a long intensive game day routine that just kind of like by the time the puck drops, like you're exhausted because you've been trying to remember all the things you're supposed to do before the game that right. are going to make you play well. So it's like, it's kind of, do you a, think that was more like superstitious rather than like a preparation kind of thing? Yeah, oh yeah for sure like it's it's yeah. definitely superstitious because you know you'll you'll be juggling your balls and throwing them against the wall and then you'll kind of finish up and you'll be walking back to the room you're like oh i forgot to do this one so you like run back <laughs> and like do do that one that you were thinking about doing that you've been doing for the last four games you've been playing well and it's just kind of an exhausting process <laughs> yeah i know i know i i remember when i was younger uh like when i was like 16 17 i, I was like you know what i i kind of saw you know, some of those superstitions as like mental barriers. And I, I like sought out to simple it down kind of what you're saying. And then, you know, and then even later in my career, even in junior, and then even going to pro, you know, there's, uh, you know, you, you kind of get thrown some curveballs, like maybe the bus is late or whatever. And sometimes you don't have all the time in the world to do like your full routine. And you don't want to, you know, be a mental case because you didn't get certain things in, right? Yeah, for sure. Like there's so many, so many things that happen during the course of a season that are just so many uncontrollables. And like yeah. you said, you get to the, get to the game late and you don't have time to do everything. And then you're already kind of like a step behind before the puck even drops. Right. And that just, you, you kind of, you can't let that be the case. Like when the puck drops, you need to be ready to go. You can't be thinking about, well, this is a joke. Like the bus was late. Now I'm not going to play well. <laughs> exactly. You gotta, right. Yeah, you gotta yeah. be able to dumb it down and just know that when that puck drops, like you're ready to go. And those, those pregame things can help you. But, um, yeah, like once that puck drops, you got to be ready to go. Yeah, and, and I guess looking back at your entire junior experience, you know, you, you had amazing tenure and, and played a ton of games, had amazing numbers. But if you could go back and, and tell yourself one thing before making that jump to help you be uh, more successful at transitioning to that level, what would it be? Um, probably just like like have fun with it. Like you're, mm -hmm. you're playing at a high level and you're kind of – you're in a position that a lot of guys – like kind of want to be in and mm -hmm. uh you kind of you put a lot of like at least I put a lot of pressure on myself when I was there to mm -hmm. to perform and to make sure I was doing um like all these routines and everything right and like yeah it definitely helped me but at some some points you gotta kind of look back and think like hey like I'm I'm doing well like I'm I'm happy here like you kind of have to be 
uh, self-compassionate in a way you can't mm-hmm. be, you can't be too hard on yourself all the time. Like when you have good games, you got to kind of give yourself a pat on the back and kind of take that as a success. You can't, you can't always be just hard on yourself, hard on yourself. Cause then when mm-hmm. a hard time does come, then it's like, well, why was I being so hard on myself when I was playing well? Cause now I'm not playing great. I'm <laughs> at a bad little stretch here. Like how much Does that happen to you? Yeah. Oh yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> you, you finish kind of two or three games and like you're in that mindset you're like yeah that was good but I want to get better and like that's a fine mindset to have and that's good yeah. but you have to find a way to say take a step back and say okay like yeah I can always be better but like that was like I did a good job there and then you can think about the things that you need to keep getting better at because there's there's always things but you need to you need to find little little bits of time to to appreciate yourself and tell yeah. yourself you did a good job when it's when it's due yeah yeah, and, and so as of last year, you know, you retired from junior hockey and have since uh, made the transition to pro, uh, initially in the American League and now playing up in the NHL. Uh, but when you were first making the jump to pro hockey, what was sort of the hardest part about going from juniors to uh, to the American League? Uh, I think it's just another cliche. Like, guys are bigger, traffic's harder to, to see through. Um, I think that's that's been a big one yeah. for me is just – making sure I take my ice early. And when I find some guys and what I do is if I'm kind of looking for the puck through traffic, I'll, I'll start to sink back into my crease to try and find it. Mm. And it's something I'm working a lot right now is just making sure I take my ice early when it goes up to that point and making sure you hold that ice and you don't start to like kind of squeak back into your crease. Cause then the shot comes and, it feels like it's going wide or it feels like it's going high and then it's in and you're like, Oh, well my feet were on the goal line. Like what am I doing? Yeah. He's got the whole cage, right? <laughs> yeah. Like you gotta, you gotta make sure you, you hold your ice up there. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. I like that. That was uh, you know, maybe we can kind of just touch on that a little bit is just dealing with the physicality and the traffic at the next level. Maybe, maybe you can just detail, like give it, give, give kids an insight in terms of like how good they are at taking your eyes away, the systems that coaches put into play in the ozone to, to take your eyes away. That's, that's a huge part of the game that you have to learn to battle through. Correct. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's something you really have to be patient with. Um, a lot of players, like the good players who kind of know what they're doing in front of the net, which is kind of everyone at this level. Um, they try and like, you'll be seeing the puck for a little bit. Then as soon as it's shot, they'll, do a little flash screen and kind of take your eyes away right. in a moving screen so that you you really have no chance. Whereas if a guy's just standing stationary in front of you and you get a lane, then it, there's basically no traffic because you can just find a lane and then see it the whole way. But mm-hmm. when there's those moving screens, you really got to just kind of find the release. And as soon as that release comes, you got to know that you're probably not going to see this the whole way in. And you have to be able to kind of anticipate where that where that puck's going from the release so something i do in practice a lot is just take point shots with no traffic like when the d are kind of doing their shooting at the end of practice i'll jump in there for i don't know five ten minutes and just kind of like pretend that i'm looking through traffic and then as Mm -hmm. soon as that shot's released i'll kind of take my eyes off of it in a way and i'll kind of anticipate that okay like this looked like it was going high blocker and then i'll kind of like just throw my blocker out there and do a little bit of a shift into it and then um, make that blocker save, but it's, it's something that you can definitely find a way to, to work through it and practice at it without having, cause I don't know, in practice forwards don't want to just stand in front of the net and get hit. No, by it's something like coaches always say like, well, yeah, you can work on traffic and practice. Like just get a couple of forwards, throw them in front of the net. It's like, yeah, well, they don't want to do that. Like they don't yeah, want to get, want to get right? <laughs> at their laces. So it's something that you can you can actually work on without having the guys there, which is yeah. something that a lot of people don't really understand. Yeah, no, that's cool. I, I've never actually heard that uh, that kind of variation. It's a little hack there for everybody. Uh, but for I guess for kids looking to make that jump just to, to pro hockey in general or the, or the higher levels of pro hockey, you know, what's something that sh- they should be aware of or, or some advice you have in terms of what they should be for, uh, prepared for for when they get there? Um, there's There's definitely physicality and there's like guys will kind of, always be on you and kind of pushing you a little bit and putting pressure on you and kind of nudging at your skates. Mm-hmm. Um, like something I learned in junior for sure was like, you got to get used to the guys interfering with you and kind of right. taking it like skating across and bringing your glove with them and kind of like moving your blocker hand stick and just kind of always like pushing you and kind of jabbing you. Cause the refs, the refs really don't care that much. Like if there's blatant goal interference, they'll call it, but the little stuff like, they're not going to yeah, call yeah. a goal off because a guy kind of bumped you a little bit. Yeah, and yeah. that's something where you kind of think when you're younger, 
in like midget and stuff like you kind of get bumped and then the puck goes in but like your mind's already off because you're like no no that won't count because right. it's like no the refs are still going to count that you got to find a way to just battle through it no matter mm-hmm. what and if you come up with a save perfect and usually you go talk to the ref after you're like hey like can you just make sure you're watching him and he'll say yeah for sure i'll watch and then mm-hmm. hopefully you get a call the next time but there's there's really no excuses like you can't say well, that went in because he bumped me, but the ref didn't call it. Like, no one really cares. Like, yeah. you, at the end of the day, you got to make the save and you got to battle through that traffic and that kind of physicality. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that, man. I think that's a huge part. And even there were times where, you know, if some, even some nights where you're kind of hot too, like, the, the they'll start gunning for you a little bit, eh? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, I find <laughs> the hardest games are the games that you're playing well. Like, if, if you're not having a great game and the score is kind of three, four, one. Yeah. Like the physicality is not going to be that high. Cause like they're going to be going to the net, but not as hard as they're going to be. If you're up one, nothing with three minutes left, like they're going to, they're going to do anything. They got nothing to lose. If they get a right. goal interference penalty, then so be it. But if the ref doesn't call it, then, then that's awesome for them. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I love that, man. And now, and now moving into your stint with uh, the Carolina hurricanes in the NHL, uh, maybe you just take us through the differences that you notice between the, the AHL and the NHL that guys that, that stuck out to you the most when you, uh, when you know you made that jump up and started skating with those guys uh probably just like they're like the shots are just that that much at more accurate like they can mm-hmm. just kind of pick it that much better like obviously in the AHL it's still still great shooters and it's uh like everyone's got unreal shots but once you make that jump it's guys guys can really really pick it that much better um yeah. so you just got to make sure you're you're definitely on angles and um, taking your ice when you can uh, I find that's a big thing is just making sure like if you can take the ice take it like there's no point yeah. in sitting back if there's no backdoor threat or there's no nothing else going on like mm. if you're just one-on-one with a the shooter then you, you got to take that ice because you can you need to take every advantage you can use yeah you think uh you know and you kind of mentioned you know reading the play um you think that when you get to the NHL level, re- your reads have to be exceptionally better and able be, uh, in order to be able to keep up at that level. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a big thing. I think just about trusting yourself is um, just being able to see the plays happening and read them, but without like kind of consciously thinking about it. Like you can't, guy can't be coming down and you can't be thinking, okay, he's probably going to make this pass. And then he makes that pass. And then you go like, just has to be a kind of instinct in a way mm-hmm. where, you know, and I think that's just repetition and in practice and then yeah. kind of the summer skates you do just, just kind of turning your brain off in a way and just letting the subconscious take over and letting yourself kind of trust those reads that you're going to make. Whereas mm-hmm. if you, if you start thinking about the reads, I think there's, there's going to be delay and you, you can't have that delay. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, now having been, uh, you know, in the league with the, with the team for a while, you know, what's probably like your biggest takeaway you've gotten from playing with the NHL squad every single day. Uh, probably just, obviously they're, it's just so professional. Like everyone, yeah. everyone gets to the rink and they know what they have to do to get themselves ready. Um, it's there's no obviously no babysitting like mm-hmm. you get to the rink you get changed you roll out you tape your sticks you just you do everything to to get yourself ready for practice or the game whatever it is um there's no one telling you like hey like you should probably go to the gym and roll out it's like right. it's all on you to to make those decisions and make those choices and yeah. kind of be a professional um i think the the younger you are when you realize that your career's in your hands it's not not anyone else's mm-hmm. like you can't just let you can't trust that someone's going to be always telling you what to do or you can't trust that a goalie coach is always going to be there like you you're your best goalie coach and you need to make the choices for your game whether it's getting to the rink and rolling out or getting the rink for practice and uh juggling and stuff like you you have to be your best goalie coach and you have to be able to make those reads for yourself on what you need to get ready yeah the accountability is just uh are there guys that kind of kind of uh i mean i guess like screw off a little bit or not really like everybody's like dialed in every single guy oh uh, yeah like everyone's everyone's dialed in but like i think for some guys they they're at their best when they're loose and right, uh, i right, think everyone right. everyone will take care of their body everyone will be ready for the game but everyone like once you get to this level like everyone knows what they need to perform like right. it's not 
it's not one of those things where a guy doesn't really care about his performance. So like, he's just not going to roll out or he's not going to stretch or do a warm up, and he's just going to go out there. Like if, if he's kind of joking around and keeping his light, then, then he knows that's what's best for him. And he need, he knows that he needs to keep it loose for him to play well. Cause if he gets too kind of dialed in and tight and rigid, he's not going to have a good game. So right. I think it's, it's all on you to make those, those kind of choices and figure out what works best for you. Yeah. And for you, I guess, personally, have you, you know, have your routines, you kind of chatted about it a little bit earlier. You've, you've molded your routines a little bit, uh, since, since going from junior to NHL or are they all the same basically? Uh, similar. Um, I think my routines are shorter now. Um, yeah. just cause I don't want that, that pressure of feeling like I need to, as soon as I get to the rink, I need to figure out where I'm going to, um, juggle where I'm going to do this, like mm. what time I'm going to do this at, because there's so much to fit in. So I've kind of, I've dumbed it down to just a few things. Like I always take you through it. Like I get to the rink and first thing I do is get changed. Um, then is I, this, is this for time. a practice or game day? This is for a game day. Yeah. 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 So yeah, we'll, we'll jump yeah. into that. Give us your game day routine. So I'll, uh, like as soon as I get to the rink, um, or I can start before I get to the rink too, if you want. Yeah. Yeah. I would love that. Yeah. Um, so usually if we have a morning skate, like I'll get up and I'll have just a, a small breakfast and just some water and then get to the rink. And usually there's breakfast at the rink for us. So I'll usually sit down and have that. And then, um, I like to keep things pretty loose in the mornings. Um, just cause something that, that I learned a little while ago or someone told me, um, was just as soon as puck drops, you need to be at a certain level but you can't be at that level all day because mm. it'll fade by the time game time comes. So you need to be able to figure out what levels you need to be at kind of throughout the day and slowly kind of keep rising it up until that game day or that puck drops for mm. game day. Um, Cause if you're, if you're ready to go from the moment you wake up for that game, the puck drops and it's literally 8am you're going to be exhausted by the time it's puck drop and you're not mm. going to be at that point anymore. So it's just kind of finding a balance to, wake up, keep things loose, get to the rink, and then just slowly kind of build that kind of hype level for the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like I said, in the mornings, everything's pretty loose, get to the rink, kind of, uh, usually just tape a stick, have the breakfast, roll out, stretch, just kind of get ready for practice. Um, yeah, it's usually only like a five, 10 minute skate. So jump on the ice, just make sure everything's feeling, feeling good and how I want it to feel later that night. Mm-hmm. Um, and then usually get off the ice and I'll, usually jump in the ice bath, not too long, like three, four minutes. Um, and then just head home. Um, then usually kind of make sure pregame's all, all set up. Um, and then usually I do a a call with Pete, uh, Pete Fry, just a quick, like kind of 10, 15 minute visualization. And we'll just kind of talk about the the mental game plan for that night. Um, just kind of little things like staying in the athlete mindset and mm. just kind of making sure you're, you're all good to go for that stuff. And then he takes mm-hmm. you through a bit of a visualization and then usually I'll nap for depending on what's going on. Like if it's, we're in the middle of a, a tough schedule and you're tired, sometimes I'll nap for, for two hours. But if I'm pretty rested, then I'll usually just do like an hour, 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, then I'll get up, have pregame, um, yeah. And then just kind of hang out for a little bit, just make sure I'm loose. Usually I'm not on my phone that much on game days. Um, mm-hmm. just, I love that. I'm, Why? I don't know. I think it's just something that I don't know where I read it, but I forget which goalie it was, but he's like an older goalie and like played in the NHL a long time ago. I forget mm-hmm. who it was, but he said like, he never watched TV, never did any of that stuff. Cause he didn't want his eyes to be tired. Mm. So I've always just kind of kept that and I like, yeah, I'll go on my phone when I need to, to, to text people or talk to the family, but I'll usually stay off the phone on game days just to kind of, I don't, I even know if it's a thing, but just to keep my eyes kind of ready to go. Yeah. Uh, I don't want my eyes to be tired or anything. So. Well, I uh, think there's uh there's a, there's another layer to that of just, uh, you know, you think about how many notifications, I mean, probably you too, you're probably blowing up all day, right? The, the Instagrams and everything's blowing up. It's all the decisions that you have to make, just looking at your phone throughout the day, looking at email, whatever it is. Right. And then by the time you yeah. get to game time, you're like, uh, your decision exhausted. You don't even realize it like mentally. Oh yeah, no, for sure. So I think, I think that's a really good thing just to, just to have there is just stay off your phone, like use it when you need to, to, to talk to people. But for the most part on game days, like my family knows now, like 
yeah, like I'll, I'll usually call at least one family member on a game day just to kind of check in and let them know that I'm playing or, yeah. or whatever. But usually it's, it's off the phone for most of the day. Um, yeah. And then I'll kind of get ready to go to the rink shower. Usually I have a cold shower before I go to the rink and that's kind of the mm. time where as soon as that kind of cold shower turns off, um, it's just kind of a mental thing. Like as soon as that shower turns off, I kind of tell myself like, all right, okay, here we go. And then I go yeah. put my suit on, drive to the rink. Usually I get there not too early anymore. Like before it was kind of ridiculous. I'd get there like three hours early, like three and a half hours early, right. but kind of cut that down to like two and a half. Yeah. yeah. Um, so then I'll get then, to the Then rink. you're like so anxious sitting at the rink so long though. Well, yeah. You're the only one there for 45 minutes and you're just <laughs> in your own head. You're like, okay, hey, this is getting a little yeah. bit lonely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, usually I get there for seven o'clock game. I'll get there for, for kind of four thirty, um, yeah. and then, yeah, just kind of get there, take my suit off. Um, I, I'm a big music guy, but I, I never really listen to music or have my headphones in on like during the game when I'm at the rink. Um, I don't know why, like I know a lot wait, of wait, guys. Wait, wait, like, wait, you're, you're a big music guy, but you don't wear the headphones. You just like do what the team's doing kind of thing. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm a pretty like relaxed guy. Like I'll, I'll yeah. talk to people at the rink on game days. Like there's a lot of goalies I've played with that are just like completely dialed in as soon as they get to the yeah. rink and can't talk to them, can't do anything. So I'm, I'm really not like that. Like I'm pretty easy going. I'm loose. Yeah. I'll joke around, have conversations, but kind of keeping, keeping the athlete mindset in mind and just knowing what my job is and what I have to go do out there. Um, yeah. so yeah, so I, I never, never really listen to music though. Like I find it's just like, I'd rather just kind of be relaxed and, um, kind of hear what the, hear what the boys are saying, like sometimes yeah. figure out like, okay, like boys are a little bit loose, might be getting some shots early here. Cause if you're having <laughs> You might not need, might not be ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. You're like, you're like literally reading the vibe in the room. Like, Oh, are we going to be good tonight or not? <laughs> yeah. And like, I kind of, kind of get excited if the boys are a little bit loose, cause it might give you some shots to get into the game early and nice. if everyone's dialed and focused for the game. You're like, Ooh, I might not see a shot for a little while. <laughs> uh, right, right, right. That's funny, man. I never heard anybody say that. <laughs> so true though. <laughs> yeah. No, for uh, sure. Yeah. But I, I you know, I, I, another routine, um, you know, you kind of touched on it just, you know, we, a few times we have, it's just this anxiety, right? Obviously, mm -hmm. you know, uh, as you go higher and as the stakes are higher, right, you got to trust it, but we all kind of deal with having to manage the, you know, the stress and the pressure and, 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 you know, people perceive it, I guess, stress and pressure a lot differently. So, um, for you, what's sort of your mental routine, like during a game to help you avoid game time and performance anxiety, like what tanker, what, what anchor techniques, either internal or external do you use to kind of center your focus and, and eliminate distractions regularly? Um, for me, like, it's just trying to be as relaxed as relaxed as possible. Um, yeah. like if I, if I make the, the game a massive deal in my mind and I tell myself, like, I need to have a good game here. Like I'm, I need to play well. This is such a big game. Like mm. the boys need to win here. Then like it just puts so much pressure on yourself to perform and like pressure sometimes is good. But a lot of the time, if you put way too much pressure on yourself, then you're not, you're thinking about the pressure. You're not thinking about what you need to do out there. Mm. So I find when you're, when you're focused, but just focused on your job and just what you need to do out there to, to have mm. success, like what you need to do to perform is the biggest thing. Like if you're focused on the pressure and you're focused on the game in general, then you're really not thinking about what you need to think about. Like mm. that's something that, that fans would be thinking about. So that's totally fan mindset. Cause what if you're, you're watching kind of your team, like my team was the Canucks growing up. Like mm -hmm. if I'm watching the, the 2011 Stanley cup finals, like I'm nervous for the game. Cause I know it's a big game and like, I want everyone to play well, <laughs> but if you're, if you're in the game, you need to be focused on your job and what you need mm -hmm. to do. And as soon as you start focusing on those things, then you kind of forget about that. It's a big game or that there's a lot of pressure on yourself. So it's just, I, I find it's just focusing on the right things and yeah. the right things to focus on are just what you're doing and just kind of being in the now and not thinking about after the game or like yeah. what's going to happen during the game or that it's like sometimes when you're a young goalie coming up like a, a 60 minute game with three tv timeouts a period can it's going to be a long game like it's, yeah. it's hours of your time where you need to be dialed in um so i think a big thing is just kind of staying relaxed and just focusing on one puck at a time and mm. just knowing that like you, you don't need to make all 35, 40 saves right now. Like you need to make one save 
And it's just mm. one save at a time. So I think that's a big thing for me that has helped me kind of coming up is just knowing that it's just one puck at a time. And mm. you're not you're not making every single save right now. You don't need to make everything happen right now. It's just one puck at a time. Yeah. And I love that, man. I, I share a very similar philosophy and it, you know, it really helps you kind of be in the moment. Um, you know, when you're when you're just taking it one shot, one puck at a time, each puck, each shot, even each zone entry is sort of like a challenge, right? Mm -hmm. And, and yeah. you take you you kind of approach each uh, each one each play each shot as if it was one challenge right and then you try and win as many challenges as you can throughout the game and then and then there's your game right yeah no and I find when you're when you're not focused on the right things you'll you'll look at the score clock a lot because you mm. you want to see how much time is left because you're you're nervous and you kind of in a sense you want the game to be over because it's so much pressure <laughs> on yourself yeah and yeah. I've been obviously it's, it's uncomfortable so you're like yeah. i really would rather be comfortable right now if this game was over because it's it's just uncomfortable for me so a big thing for me is like i know that i'm in the right mindset if i look up at the clock and there's like four minutes left a period and i had no idea like, right it just like flies by you're not even yeah. looking at the shots or anything right if you look up at the clock and there's 18 minutes left in the first you're like oh boy like i need to start <laughs> <laughs> so how do you kind of deal with that then if if you you know because obviously uh, uh you know and, and maybe moving into uh you know uh a post goal routine right we all have bad nights and and we all you know and i think that uh you know we had a bunch of uh, coaches at the nhl level and they'd like hey you know we realize that guys are going to have bad nights right and it's, it's how quickly they bounce back and it's how how quickly they get back to their best is that what makes them kind of nhl caliber so on, on, on like a bad night where you're not having, you kind of know that you're fighting it a bit, you know, what do you say to yourself like mentally to just keep going so that way you don't kind of fold, right? Um, I try, I try to, like I said, like I try to keep it loose. Like if I'm kind of fighting it or I don't come up with a save early, um, I just kind of think back to like just wanting to go like just the thought of enjoying making saves and like that feeling mm. when you're just out there making save after save and say you're you're down one nothing like a minute or two in and the shot you have one shot on that i don't like start analyzing everything and trying to figure out what i'm doing wrong and figure out how i'm gonna get my numbers better try to come up with the next right. 30 saves to have a good game like i just kind of like i i don't show anyone this but like i'll kind of smile to myself and be like hey like just go out there and make some saves like i just want to like touch the puck and just just feel that like feeling mm -hmm. i get when i make a big save and you'll just kind of like, I find my shoulders just kind of drop after I kind of just relax a little bit. And mm -hmm. and you just kind of go out there and you're not, you're not kind of forcing saves in a way you're not going after it. You're just kind of sitting back a little bit and you're just watching the puck and you're just kind of looking forward to making that save rather than like thinking about not making the save. Like That'd I find to you more, right? Yeah. And I find like sometimes you'll get in that mindset of, I can't let in another goal. Like I can't let in right. another goal. And then, like, you're going to let in another goal if you're thinking that. Like, 100%, you're going to let in another goal. Yeah, that's all you're thinking about, right? Instead of the yeah, solution so to the problem, you right? Need, you, start, you need to start focusing on making saves yeah. and just having yeah. fun with making saves and kind of enjoying making big saves and, and having good rebound control and kind of just having fun with it. Like, as soon as you yeah. start, as soon as you stop having fun with it, and you start kind of stressing about the game and not having a good game and being like, oh man, like this is not go how I want it to go. Yeah. Like that's when it's just going to snowball and you're going to end up on the bench. Like you yeah. need to just focus on making saves and just having fun with it and being loose. And yeah. 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 Maybe you can kind of take us through just your, uh, your, your post goal routine, if you don't mind. Yeah. So I, um, usually as soon as I kind of don't come up with a save, I'll, um, just kind of let myself think whatever I'm thinking, like, man, like I should have had that or man, like, what am I doing there? I need to st take a step out, but then mm -hmm. usually I'll just take a deep breath and then I'll ask myself, what can I do next time to guarantee I come up with that save? And yeah. you don't need to answer the question. Like it's just a kind of a, a question to get your brain going to kind of steer away from the other questions you might be asking yourself. Cause yeah. something a lot of goalies do that I didn't realize. Um, Cause I did it for sure is you don't come up with a save and you think, Oh, what are you doing, you idiot? Or like, just like, just yeah, negative, yeah, negative comments that are, that are questions, yeah. though. Like, you're always asking yourself questions, and they're mm -hmm. always like, if you're in a negative headspace, you're going to be asking yourself questions, like, what am I doing out there? Like, that needs to be a save. Like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. So, if you just immediately steer that away with a kind of positive question, like, what can I do next time to guarantee I come up with that save? Then your mm -hmm. brain starts 
giving yourself answers to that without you even having to answer it. And it just steers away from that kind of negative snowball effect. Um, And then I'll usually just take another deep breath and kind of smile to myself, kind of raise my facial muscles and then just kind of get dialed back in and just kind of focus on the puck and making the next save. Um, So that's kind of just what I do. Yeah. Yeah. I like uh, the smile thing. Is that something you've done for a long time? Uh, Probably the last like two or three years. Um, can't, can't let anyone see it obviously, but, uh, it's definitely important. <laughs> no, it's, yeah. People, the coach looks over your, your grin and it's a four rep or something. Yeah. Yeah. You'll, you'll end up on the bench and you'll have a stern talk. After the game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's, uh, I, I've actually never heard of, uh, anybody say that, like at least on the show so far. So that's really interesting. I, I'd be interested to see if, uh, other people go out and try that. What's, what's kind of the purpose behind that? Just to kind of put you in a more uplifting mood. So you're not being so negative. Yeah, like it's just everyone plays better when they're having fun. And as soon as you, even if you're not having fun and you just let in a bad goal and it's not a good night and you really wish that you weren't in net right now, as soon as you start smiling, um, it just kind of even like force yourself to smile. Like you don't actually have to be having fun. You don't actually have to be happy because if you don't come up with a save, like odds are you're not going to be happy about it. So you got to force yourself to kind of like kind of raise those facial muscles and it kind of immediately sends kind of happiness mm. to your brain and just kind of resets you. Nice. Nice. That's cool, man. And, and, and I guess during the week, um, you know, for on and, and, or off the ice, you know, what are maybe like your two biggest hacks, you know, for like an on ice drill you do or an off ice drill you do that, or like an exercise that helps you kind of get an edge over the competition and, you know, uh, stay ahead of everyone on a weekly basis um on ice probably just i like to do simple drills um i don't like to make anything too complicated especially kind of during the season um so a big one i do is just kind of you can do it with two or three players i just go player on the half fall player on the goal line like in the dot lane then player top the circle Mm -hmm. and just goes half all down low up top shot and it's just kind of a good tracking drill where you just watch the pass watch the pass and then just take a step out set your feet and the guy's obviously not in like a prime scoring area. He's not in the middle of the hash marks. So you just mm-hmm. get to kind of go out there and get set and just kind of see pucks. And I think it's just a good drill to, it's just super basic and it, it helps you with your confidence because you're just out there just kind of making saves and seeing the puck. And something I usually like to end practice with, just something simple like that. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think a big thing during the season for me is just keeping everything simple and just focusing on kind of the structure to your game and the basics. Um, there's really like, especially once you get into kind of junior and pro, there's, there's no time during the season to just start working on all this different technical stuff and trying to kind of redefine your game during the season. Like as right. soon as you're in the season, like, like you're dealing with what you got and you, you just got to make everything simple and um, just kind of keep working on those basics because if your basics are dialed and your skating's dialed and your tracking's dialed, odds are you're going to keep playing well. It's when those basics start to fall apart and your skating gets sloppy or you stop looking at the puck, that's when you're going to be in trouble. So, Yeah. Yeah. And I guess, um, you know, finally, I'm just curious, you know, what's the biggest adversity you think you ever faced in your career so far and, and how did you overcome it? Um, I think... I don't know, being obviously I got I got passed up in Bantam draft and the NHL draft. Um yeah. I think that was that was a little bit of adversity. Um I wouldn't say it's massive though. Like it's something you gotta overcome, but it's not it's not giant and it's yeah it's it's not a, the biggest thing in the world. But I think maybe um my my first year in the Western League was was definitely tough. Like my first full year. Um I just yeah. didn't wasn't getting the starts. We we uh, I started the first game that season, um, played pretty well. I think we won like eight, three or something in the home opener. And then yeah. I think I played seven of the next 10 games and I had decent numbers. I was like right, right above a 900. So I was pretty happy yeah. with it for like my kind of first year for in the sure. league. And then, yeah. um, so it was me and one other guy and then we made a trade and the starting goalie from the previous year was injured at the time. So we made a trade and then it was me and a 20 year old, uh, Ryland Peronto. He came in from PA. So then it was yeah. me and him for a little bit. And then the starter from the year before came back. So then it was 19 and a 20 year old and then me. So yeah. obviously I got the short end of the stick there. And from end of November until the end of the year, I played one game, um, wow. I played one game in February. So 
it was definitely a tough year. Like it was obviously it's my first draft year, like all my best yeah. buddies on the team, like, like Rasmussen and stuff like that. They're, they're going to get drafted first round. And those are the guys I'm hanging out with every day and right. they're playing a ton. they're getting power play and I'm up in the stands every single night. Um, yeah. so it was definitely a tough kind of year mentally and, um, just to kind of deal with. And my, my twin brother was in Edmonton and he was playing first power play. Like he was killing it. He got like D man of the year as a rookie as a 17 year old. And then I was just in the stands every night. So it was definitely, yeah. it was definitely a tough year for me. Um, just kind of mentally too, just kind of questioning kind of what you're doing and, and why you're, why you're sitting on the bench and, um, you're, you're trying to make it make sense to yourself somehow. So you're kind of digging and trying to figure out, okay, well, like, what am I doing wrong? In reality, you're not doing anything wrong. It's just a right, situation right. to be in, being the third guy. Like there's nothing you're doing wrong. And I think kind of overcoming that and coming back my 18, 19, 20 year and, and playing and just being better um, was, was really big. Like I had like my billets at the time, didn't even think I was going to come back after that year, just because mm. of how, rough it was just in yeah. terms of playing like getting bag skated every single day um yeah, you don't even get to play the games right yeah like you just you get bag skated every single day you got workouts every single day so um it was definitely tough but um definitely made me stronger and made me realize that just once again like no one's given opportunities and if you're mm-hmm. if you're given opportunities then it's not gonna like you're not gonna be able to handle adversity so you gotta right like like i've always said like everything happens for a reason so i think that year really helped make me appreciate playing games more and like my my next few years and try like every single night was a lot easier for me because if i was ever in a bad mindset it would just be like well you could be in the stands tonight like like you're you're lucky you're playing so just go out there and have fun with it and it just kind of made me realize like being on the bus like going to a game for get like five hour day trip to go sit in the stands like and then coming back onto the bus and just wanting to be that guy who played that night and was lights out and kind of like you kind of look up to that guy who played and you're like man like I wish I was you like I wish I just played a full 60 minutes and like got first star and then um that's kind of what you strive to be after that like you want to be the man like you want to be the guy on the team that everybody's comfortable with in that and everyone wants to have play and everyone right. knows you're going to play well. So that's kind of a feeling that I, that I went for the next couple of years is just being the guy and just being kind of the guy that everyone looks up to because I, I play every game. So um, yeah. it definitely taught me a lot of lessons, but uh, yeah, it was, it was a tough year, but I'm, I'm super grateful that it happened because it probably wouldn't be where I am now if I played, I don't know, 20 games that year and just was content <laughs> with everything. Right, right. It pushed you a little bit. Like I said, that little bit of the chip on your shoulder, right? Yeah, yeah. You always, like, you can think you're pushing yourself, but you never really know until until you need to. And you realize right. that hey, maybe maybe I'm not good enough right now. Even if maybe you are, if you tell yourself, like, well, I guess I'm not good enough right now, like, yeah. then you're going to push yourself even harder than you have before. And that's just going to kind of propel your career. Right on. Well, Beck, do you have any last words of advice for everyone listening that you feel uh, passionate about sharing? Um, I think just anyone is just enjoy the game. Like it's such a blessing to be able to play hockey and whatever level you're at, whether you're in Bantam, Midget, Junior, Pro, like it's just just enjoy every minute because you're you're lucky to be to be playing hockey and get the opportunity to, to just go out there and have fun every day and just kind of get better. Um Hockey is, I think it's such a special sport just with uh, the guys and the friendships and bonds you build with everybody and kind of going through the tough times. So it's, uh, yeah, no, I'm just grateful every day because it's, it's such a cool thing to be a part of. Yeah. Well, Beck, thank you, uh, you know, so much for coming on buddy. And, and, uh, you know, we bring up the adversity thing because obviously you've had an amazing career and, and, but, um, you know, it's something we like to put out on the show is that hey it's it's not uh it's not a straight road and and you're gonna have failure and you're gonna be able to kind of get over that so you know appreciate you sharing your success and your failures and and you know obviously appreciate your insight and what it takes to you know you know not not just become a pro goaltender but a, a winning goaltender at the next level and i know you know your advice say will be invaluable so uh can't thank you enough for sharing your secrets with us buddy pleasure to have you on uh can you just let people know where they get in touch with you online uh, yeah, I think the only only social media I really use is Instagram. So if you just send me a message, I'll uh, yeah, I'll definitely get back to you. What's your handle? Uh, just Beck Warm. 
Beck Warm. I wasn't fortunate enough to get my own name. <laughs> uh, go yeah, check out. I'm pretty, much, pretty lucky with a unique name. <laughs> yeah, well, go check out Beck Warm on Instagram, and I'll put the link in the show notes if you if you want to go check it out. But you know, he's experienced tons of success at the next level for years now, and uh, I know he's got a bright future ahead of him. But maybe somewhere down the road, uh, we'll, ba- we'll have you back on the show, man. If that's something that interests you. Yeah, no, absolutely. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm grateful for you coming on, buddy. Good luck as we uh, roll into playoffs. You take care, stay safe, and we'll chat soon, man. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode, guys. If you like what you heard today, make sure to hit that subscribe button as we have tons of amazing guests lined up ready to come onto the show in the next few months. And make sure to tune in next week and every Tuesday from now on at 8 a.m. As next week, I have another awesome active pro goaltender coming on the show. Hunter Jones, who's been experiencing tons of success in his pro debut with the Iowa Wild in the AHL this season. Uh, he, he was a stud in Major Junior, and he's a student of Matt Smith's, who I, I'm a big fan of, and, and I'm really excited to dive into all his goalie hacks uh, he has to offer for us. So this one turned out great. It's going to be really cool kind of getting his uh, first take on pro hockey from uh, another bit of a younger guy. Um, and I think kind of bringing in these these younger guys, finding success will, will be good for just uh, connecting with a bit of the younger audience. So so it turned out great, So so make sure to tune back next week without further ado here are the giveaway details for our monthly giveaway we do for the goalie hacks podcast and just as a note here if you enter into this giveaway even if you don't win uh, we select four winners a month and and that includes books uh, different products training products uh, neuro tracker subscriptions we give away all sorts of things we pick four people a month and even if you don't win uh, one month you're always entered into uh, the the future the future giveaway so to enter the giveaway if you're an Apple user, simply go to the Apple Podcast app on your phone and leave us a written review and rating. And if you're an Android user, you can also download iTunes onto your computer and leave a review and rating on there as well. And once you leave a review of the podcast, just take a screenshot of it and either email it to goaliehacks at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram with your screenshot and your full name. Get excited, guys. Great things ahead. I hope you guys enjoyed today's show, and I'll see you next week.